You know how many people think like it's it's some sort of act like, oh boy, his voice probably doesn't sound like that. Maybe his cadence isn't like that. He doesn't make those same jokes. You'd be so, I'm the same guy. Cause I've met you. So when I watch your videos, it makes it better. Cause I'm like, that's so funny. Cause that's just how he talks. Yeah. You're not doing a persona. You're mm -hmm. not putting on anything else. It's just, you're literally just like, that's how you talk. This is gonna sound weird, but you're sticky. Mm. Sticky? <laughs> that's an interesting, I've never heard well. No, no, okay. Learning. okay. Children of all ages. ages. <laughs> it is I, the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, sticky. methodical, individual, sticky, chiseled, individuals, chiseled Adonis, and he is a serial entrepreneur, the Flafino Prince Tycoon, Tycoon, buttery, Renee Lacan, <laughs> and this is we are assiduous, assiduous, yes, but yeah. that's the it's the beauty of being able to do something that is recognized by your um, peers, so recognized you're doing it on purpose by people. Recognized. You know? Well, yeah, it's just, it's, it's certain yeah. sort of, like once, once I start, I can't, I can't turn it off. But right. it, it's, a it's a beautiful thing. And really, I think what, um, there's four things that we have been granted, you know, a uh, uh, piece of, or I should say power over when you're in a situation where you're relatively your own boss. So you have freedom of um, time, freedom of purpose, freedom of relationship, and freedom of money. And having that time, purpose, relationship, yeah, money, time, purpose, relationship, money, and you're in complete control of that. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest fulfilling things of going on this journey, being able to wake up whenever you want, purchase whatever you want, mm -hmm. hang out with whoever you want, yeah. actually be able to build that relationship with whoever you want. Because let's just say if you're on the employee line, you're at the, like the bottom of the pyramid, you try to become a friend with the CEO, they're just gonna look at you like you're a peon, because oftentimes those egos separate them. Money but opens a lot of doors. Money opens a lot of doors. And, and, and more than money. that, I think there's two things. So people ask me, I was going live on social media the mm -hmm. other day. They're like, why do you do this? Why do you teach people on social media? Don't you just create more competition for yourself? Aren't you scared of that? And I tell people, I, the reason I teach people is because there's more than enough opportunity to go mm -hmm. around. But more than that, if I help someone, the first thing they do is this Renee guy is awesome. Right. He helped me. What do they do? They follow me. They mm -hmm. tell their friends about me. Mm -hmm. I get bigger. The more famous I get, the more doors open up. You right. know, I'm about to hit 800,000 on TikTok, which is cool. Ooh, like um, flex. But everything else grows with that. The more doors open up, more people see about me. I have 200 million impressions on my own personal socials. Mm -hmm. So it's like the more famous you get, the more doors open up. And fame and money, not all the time, unfortunately, but in my case, they're tied together. So the more famous I get, the more money I make, mm -hmm. the more money I make, the more do doors open up as well. Cause fame and money open doors. Yep. You get invited to places. People want to network with you. Like you said, if there's a CEO, he's going to want to pay attention to what you have to say. He's not going to just ignore you. Mm -hmm. If there's someone you want to network with, whether it's a celebrity or a figure, they're going to, they're going to be open to it. If you have something to offer like fame or money. So fame and money open doors. Um, and it just creates a, a beautiful life of freedom and being able to do whatever you want. And the biggest thing of all of it is the value that you now have. So anywhere that you go, you can always leverage that value. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times when people are in different situations, let's just say you don't have your own business, you're just regular worker. You're not in a situation to where you're in a job or a career, I should say, you're mm -hmm. just in a job. So you're 
replaceable. You may feel like you're not, but then if you were to lose your job, somebody else would just come in and fill it immediately, yep. right? A lot of times people feel as if they don't have value. I think when you're in a situation where you create your own thing, you now have that value that you can go to go talk to a CEO, you can go and talk to a CEO, you can go and talk to anybody and they'll pick your brain about something. So, okay, this guy does this business, this guy does this kind of career path. Well, how do I do this? How can this translate here? And now all of a sudden, you can have a conversation with anybody. Mm -hmm. And that's really one of the biggest, you know, uh, um, powers I think we have to where we can walk into any room and be able to have a conversation with literally anybody across all platforms. Well, talking about that, about that uh, we've both had the past, we haven't filmed in a month, so mm -hmm. I think we're gonna miss an episode, but we've both had really busy months. You've been yeah. flying all over the place, I've been flying all over the place. Uh, I recently just came from Vegas, LA, but in Vegas, I met Damon John yeah. for a second time, and it was actually like a full circle moment, because the first time I met him, I was broke. I was like 21 years old, 22 years old, had a, had a nine to five job. I was really trying to figure out entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I remember meeting him and it was almost like a, a surreal thing. Cause I'm like, wow, this is a entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the terms I met him in was he, he met up with my old boss. Right. Right. So this time around, it was funny. I told him a dad joke. He didn't laugh five years ago. <laughs> so this time around meeting him, it's because uh, the events I was at, they got, they booked a hotel for me. They wanted me to be like an influencer for the event. Mm -hmm. uh, they wanted me to post videos for the event. And he was speaking at the event. And at the end of the event, I ended up meeting him again. Right. And then this time I told him a dad joke under, obviously we're meeting under different terms this time. Before it's because I was an employee. Now it's because I'm a boss. Yeah. But I meet him, I tell him a dad joke. And he, he this time he does laugh. And he even, mm -hmm. he even says like, you know what? That's good. I'm going to use that one. And it was just like a full circle moment. And it was beautiful. Right. But. The joke, oh, the joke, what did I say? I said, yo, how do billboards talk? How do billboards talk? I don't know. Sign language. I see what you did there. Yeah. I see, yeah, I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah, uh, yeah that's what it was, it, it, how, it's why, clever. Yeah, why, clever. Why, why is the, I prepared, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of nervous. I was like, man, I need to come with heat. I, I looked at like seven, eight of them. What makes scarecrows good entrepreneurs? Um, they stand still. No, they're outstanding in their field. Ah, uh, yeah, I've heard this one before. Why haven't I now? It just went over over my head. I was I should have said stoic. Mm. Do you know why? Do you know why in Norway they're putting barcodes on their ships? Oh, that's another one. Yeah. Oh, you're still going. Okay, so uh, <laughs> the barcodes. Yeah, in Norway they're putting barcodes on their ships. Barcodes on their ships. I don't know. So they can scan the navy in. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's right, that one. Right. The, the other two, they got my attention. This one here, not so much. Fine. All right. Last one before we go. Uh, so my friend, she just got her real estate license. Mm -hmm. Now she's my homegirl. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that one fucked him up. He was dying. I love the tension. <laughs> right? It's like, now she's my homegirl. Oh, uh, you see what I did there? Oh. It's like, imagine if, if you were to repeat, you heard what I said? I said, why are you coming Because she's my old girl. It's like Paulie Walnuts. Like they say, you got to say it twice. Got to uh, say it twice. Yeah, but that's, that, that's great, man. You have a full, full circle moment and you meet under different circumstances. Because, and if he had remembered, because oftentimes people don't. It's like, oh, well, you meet a bunch of different people. Right. But then now I meet you, you're at a completely different stage. Yeah. Now you look at that like, you know, 
in reflection in the past of who you were then versus now, it really shows the growth. And what's, the what's wild is you see, there's almost an aura when it comes to this stuff too, because mm -hmm. you see it in the pictures. We took a picture five years ago, took a picture recently mm -hmm. at this event. And when you look at me, you see the aura of a completely different human being. Mm -hmm. And money will do that to you. Money, yeah. success, yeah. accomplishments will change you. Because before, like you see the way I'm standing, I'm kind of like this, I'm kind of like hunched over, yeah. right? And it's not that I wasn't confident or anything, but it just didn't show in my body language. Right. Like I might've thought it in my head, but either my body, my spirit, mm -hmm. my soul didn't feel it. Because mm -hmm. this time around, you see me and I'm kind of like smiling, chest up, head held high. Like there's no one else in the picture before. It was a group of us that met him. Mm -hmm. This time around, it was just me and him standing in the picture, so it was cold, man. But it, it leads me to think, too, I think that's part of the reason, right? Because you said part of that was like purpose and right. passion. Um, people were talking about burnout. I, I hear this all the time, like, how do you avoid burnout? You're running so many businesses. Don't you burn out? And I tell them burnout is for people that are doing something they don't love, something right. they're passionate about. Right. Because like I said, this past month, I feel like you don't run out of gas. You've been going, traveling back and forth. I, was, I went from Miami to LA to Vegas back to LA and I did a bunch of stuff. Every single day I was doing something. Yeah. There was never like a break in between. This is about a two week, three weeks straight, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I never burned out because I always felt like I was doing something I loved, something I was passionate about, something that was awesome. Like given I'm still working, but I'm working from a five-star hotel or a billion dollar hotel in Vegas. I'm working from a $7 million house in Malibu. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it gives you, it makes your life fun. So yes, you're working. Yes, you're doing. You're being productive. Yes, you're doing something constructive. But at the same time, you're enjoying it. I think if you could combine the two, where you're doing something constructive that you enjoy, and you can do it while making money mm -hmm. and making an impact, bruh. Yeah, that's why they say fucking beast. That's why they say when you're doing something that you love, you never feel as if you're working. Because mm -hmm. this entire summer, I've been all over the place. Like whether it's been back and forth to Miami, I went to Portland. I was out in uh, Boston. Italy, I went to, yeah, Europe. No, and maybe not so much Italy, but in Europe, went to uh, Greece. I was out there, went to Texas a couple of times, went to Virginia, and it seemed like every week I was going somewhere, he's been, but- He's been, flex he's been flexing on me and David too, David. Yeah. He's been flexing <laughs> us in the, in the group chat, yeah. we're like, yo, we filming the podcast? Man, I can't, I'm here. I'm here in Paris yeah. right now. Yeah, I was- uh, Yo, who- terrible. Right, it's the, terrible. The, I, it can't, I can't upload a podcast, the internet in Paris. Hey, yo, who was in Paris? Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, um, but- Who was in uh, Paris? Who in Paris? No, I just got recognized in Paris. No, but, but who was in Paris? Oh, well, no, I, I can't go there. I can't go there. <laughs> Let's just say- You're that, the only so one that can go there. Negroes <laughs> were in Paris. <laughs> you can't go there. Because I have, me, 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 me and the N-word don't get along. But one way or another, you know, the, um, I was all over the place and why I never burnt out was because, again, it's, you're living in your purpose. You're yeah. actually, you love what it is that you do. Because, for example, like, if you're in a situation where you're doing stuff and it's only about money, at one point, you're going to hit a plateau. Yeah. And once you reach that plateau, it's like, all right, I'm bored now. So then you're going to start to outsource. You're going to end up being at a point where you'll somewhat detach. From at what some it is point, the money doesn't, doesn't cost at some point, the money isn't worth your happiness. Right. And you'll notice that a lot of people that like have professions that they did for the money, mm -hmm. it's, it's, they start making money and they're like, okay, now that I make 300 grand a year, mm -hmm. I don't really care for this anymore. And that's when the unhappiness starts to creep back in. Right. Right. Because they think money's going to be happiness for them. It's, it's going to fix their life. Then they realize, oh, the money isn't all that. Yeah. I thought it was going to be the fix, but it's not because happiness is an inside job. Happiness mm -hmm. is a lot deeper than that. Happiness comes from within and you only really get there if you put in the work. Right. All, all facets of your life. Right. It's like when, because when, in the past we talked about like the importance 
of money because money is not the only thing. Money is necessary, right? You can't, you, you won't be in a situation where you're going to live a very fulfilling life. You, everything is perfect. You don't have money. Never fall for that. You I mean, broke people. So that's, that's the thing. That. I, I do think it exists. I think there's homeless people that are happy and they're like, mm. Ooh, I love the streets. I love yeah, the but those streets. are anomalies. Yeah, those, like, are, those anomalies. are in complete outliers. If you look at the statistics, if you look at just the, the facts, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we're going to talk concrete numbers here. Uh, the odds of depression are two to three times higher for people living in poverty. Yep, 100%. Um, people that make under $70,000 a year, and this is this study was done years ago, are far unhappier than people that make over $70,000 a year. Yeah. So money, to an extent, does matter. And, you need and to on make... top of that, just to add and piggyback, uh, piggyback off of it, is a lot of those individuals who are making under the 70, vast majority of the time, they're trying to keep up with the Joneses of those who are making over 100. Over so if 100. you just made an adjustment, you wouldn't find yourself in a situation where you're completely depressed or whatever the case may be, just to add to that. But, you can but yeah, 100%, life starts... Life starts at ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. You can start making ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month. Doors will open up like you've never known. The the lifestyle gap between people making, let's say you're making five, six grand a month, mm -hmm. versus twenty, thirty grand a month, the lifestyle and the happiness gap is the biggest there. Yeah. Because from thirty to hundred grand a month, and I've made this jump, uh, you're not much happier. I'm not much happier when I was making thirty grand a month, and now I'm making over hundred grand every single mm -hmm. month. I'm not that much happier. Like, don't give in. There are some things that are nice, but it doesn't just change my life drastically. But that $6,000 to $30,000 a month gap, fucking life changes. Yeah. Now you get to experience the finer things, mm -hmm. right? There's there's a like a, a quarter million dollar club a year where if you make it out of that club, you get to experience what nice restaurants are like, what nice experiences are like, what traveling to nice places are like, what nice hotels are like. There's an exclusive club for those really rich people. And what's interesting about it, because even if you're on the lower end, you can always experience it and take a taste. You just won't have it on the level of consistency exactly. that the other individuals do. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times people feel as if if they don't have it consistently, that's usually where that depression usually kicks in. Yeah. Because you'll be in a situation where you go to this five-star hotel, you'll go to this resort, you'll eat at that restaurant, you'll drive that car, you'll take this flight, but you'll only be able to do that maybe once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. So because that's the case, and then immediately you try to keep up with the Joneses, you see this person on a private jet every other week. Yeah. You see this person constantly having fine dining. You see this person wearing the, you know, incredibly expensive jewels, or maybe it's the clothes, or maybe it's the shoes. Now you're trying to live a lifestyle that you are you aren't at, right? So there's ways to find a happiness despite the fact that you could be at that $6,000 a month, or maybe even lower, but you have to find, I don't want to say balance, because I think there's, it, now it's gotten to the point where it's very nuanced. But if you're in a position where you look at it like, all right, you're making this amount, you have to have that plan, as we always talk about. You have to have that plan to where you make it work. Just don't try to keep up with the Joneses. I think it's falling in love with the grind more. Right. Because when you fall in love with the grind, everything else comes secondary, mm -hmm. and then you gain everything else. And when I say the grind, I mean building. Because there's a difference between building and just grinding. Right? A lot of people grind too much, they don't build enough. Yeah. So grinding is when you're just working 24-7, and you're not building. Grinding is at a job. You go to a job, you're grinding. Mm -hmm. That's a grind. You're making money. Yeah. Great. Building is when you're building something for your future. So your YouTube channel, it's a grind, but you are also building because you grind, but then you yeah. get more subscribers, you get more viewership, you build more fans. Mm -hmm. So you're building an audience, which eventually leads, leverages your grind. So in the beginning, you were grinding for free. Mm -hmm. Then you're grinding for $5,000 a month. Then you're grinding for 10 grand a month. Then you grind for 50 grand a month, mm -hmm. right? Eventually, like Mr. Beast, he's still grinding. Yeah, Dude still is making grinding. 
crazy videos, but now his grinds are like $10 million, $20 million, $30 million grinds. Mm -hmm. So at some point, that grind, if you're building correctly, it becomes a leveraged grind. Yeah, and it goes back to purpose mm -hmm. because with Mr. Beast, I love the fact that you had, I'll do it like the Patrick Bed David, I love the fact that you, you said the, the Mr. Beast because people still that can't like wrap their mind around. Ryan, it's weird because I remember he was talking to somebody and yeah. then he had to, I love that, I love that you said that. Uh, it's funny the way it rolls off of his, uh, off his tongue when he says it. But um, the thing with the grind is people will always say, all right, well, what's the end to the means, right? Rather than the means to the end. It's the means that matters. Yeah. It's that in-between time that matters. It's not, it's just like with the gravestone analogy. It's not the birth date and the death date. It's that dash in between, right? Ooh. So because people, they constantly say, well, if the end goal is a million, the end goal is 10 million, the end goal is 50 million. You don't care about the journey to have got there. You only care about the end result. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, you'll look back like, man, I didn't actually enjoy the time of building and growing. Like people on social media, like anybody who goes live, if you're somebody who has a thousand followers or you're somebody who has a hundred thousand, you have to appreciate the moments that you go live and you have three people in the room mm -hmm. or maybe nobody's there. If you're truly enjoying the grind, You'll do it regardless. I yeah. can't tell you how many people I've encountered because in my space in content creation, YouTube, Instagram, whatever the case is, I can't tell you how many people just quit. They'll start, they'll be like, man, nobody's watching. You have to appreciate the times that you have 10 likes. Right. You have to appreciate the time that you finally boom and you get like 50 to 100 or whatever. You have to enjoy those because that's when it's really fulfilling. When you can smile all day knowing that you got like 10 likes on a post that you put hours mm -hmm. into, the moment that it gets to a thousand, you the the numbers won't affect you. Right. You'll right. feel the same way because you enjoyed the process. Well, that's a good example of that. This podcast is a perfect example. Right. Because uh, I was writing down all the the ways I make money on my board. Right. Because mm -hmm. people are like, so what businesses do you have? And I was listing all the businesses like supplement company make about a hundred grand a month. Uh, I have my agency makes about fifty grand a month. I have the education company. I sell courses, make about twenty grand a month doing that. So. I have all of these things. I was listing them out. What else do I do? What else occupies my time? What else like, do I think about constantly? I'm like, the podcast. I think about the podcast. Like, well, how much do you make on that? I was like, nothing yet. But I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this because, one, it, I, I really enjoy this. I saw a comment on our thing. We don't get many uh, comments on the podcast yet. But someone's like, this was an outstanding episode. Uh, we had like 40 views. Right. But someone commented, this was an outstanding episode. Took a lot of insights and value from this. I was like, that's fire. Right. I'm happy someone watched this and they liked it. Um, so yeah, I think I think if you do it because you like it, it'll never feel like a job. Mm -hmm. And if you can start making money from it, right? That's that's the ultimate chico. And and we we've said this like ad nauseum at this point. We're in a day and age now where truly you can monetize anything. Yeah, anything. Yeah. And we don't have to try to you know beat the dead horse, but that you just have to find what is it that you're really passionate about. What is it that you really enjoy and you would do, if money didn't exist, you would still do this. Right. You just find a way to create, not necessarily a hustle around it, but find a way to make it monetizable. Well, so this is a cool thing, Ashley. You're gonna see the video. At my event, David was there, he's producing the mm -hmm. show. At my event, I was saying, give me anything and I'll show you guys how to make money from it. Cause people don't believe you. You say it, they're like, okay, you're full of shit, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I said, give me anything. I'll, I'll teach you how to make money from it. Mm -hmm. This girl, she said, oh, I make videos with my bunnies on TikTok. I'm like, okay, interesting. That's a, that's a cute one. You have bunnies. Obviously, you like them. They're your pets. Mm -hmm. You make videos with them. Um, I was like, cool. Here's how you would do it. 
she, I, I ask her, uh, so you have bunnies, here's what you do. You make videos with your bunnies, but you have to have a product attached to it, mm-hmm. right? It could be anything, a, a vehicle to a vehicle to vehicle. a monetization vehicle. Mm-hmm. So I told her, I was like, yo, you should literally just make like organic bunny pellets. Right. And then make a video. Hey, I only feed my bunnies these organic pellets because I want them to live longer, right? Mm-hmm. And now every bunny person in the world that sees this, that feels the way you do, that relates to you, they're gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna buy those pellets for my bunny. Super weird shit, like making videos of bunnies. Mm-hmm. But you can make money with that. Yep. And then we did the math, because she was like, oh, I've been making videos for them already. I was like, how much does uh, your most viewed video have? She goes, 1.8 million. I was like, how much did you make off that? She's like, nothing. I'm like, you do realize that if you had put a link in your bio to a store mm-hmm. that sold bunny pellets, 1.8 million, let's say 1% of people, like 18,000 people click the link in your bio. And out of that 18,000 people, 10% bought the pellets. Yep. Breaks down to about uh, 1,800. You'd say you sell them for 30 bucks for the organic bunny pellets, mm-hmm. cruelty free. That's like 30, $40,000 yep. that you made off one video. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest issue is people don't look at how to turn whatever they love into Right. Because I right. see it all the time. People are like, Renee, I got, I got 100,000 followers. I'm getting a bunch of views. I'm not making any money. It's like, because you're not, you're not trying to monetize. You're not, ma- you're not marketing anything, like even with affiliates. Yeah. Like where people now with Amazon, literally anybody can make money. Mm-hmm. The, there's a lot of the fashion content creators who will, they'll go on Amazon, they'll purchase something like, oh, I just got this dress or whatever. You constantly see in the comment section, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Exactly. Just get the affiliate link. You just put it in there. Even if you don't want to be the face of a company. Like now they have like the avatars and stuff like that. Or maybe mm-hmm. they're like animal content. Yeah. The, Hello there, BG. Let's say you're in a situation where you now record the day in the life of a dog. Right. Right. You don't have to visibly be there. Well, listen, all. someone got me with animal content. Well, they got right. my girl. They didn't get me because yeah. I'm a man. We don't we don't think things are cute. <laughs> Yeah, right. Good to say. We don't think. Actually, I, I have an issue you, you with the think, word. You, you think something is cute is gay? Yeah, you're right. Oh, I'm asexual. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but yeah, as you were saying, masculine. Um, no, but they got they got my girl with the with a little puppy content. Mm-hmm. They, look, there's a there's a video a dog that presses buttons on TikTok. Yeah, super viral, millions of followers, and she's like, "Ooh, I want one of these buttons." And she bought the buttons. It works. But yep. check this out. Hold up, podcast. Check this out. This is gonna be the coolest shit you ever seen in your life. Hold up. As we wait for the butt. I'm going to show you guys. I trained him how to do this. No, I didn't train him. That's gay. Uh, my girl <laughs> trained him how to do this. Training dogs is homosexual. Not Check this out. Home. Check this out. Look, my dog, he knows how to press a button. I trained him. David, you let me know. You press that button, dog, and you make us not look embarrassing. You don't now press he can do, the He's dog. a professional. You good? Press your button. BG, press your button. Yeah, press the button. Oh, no, come up here, bro. Press or, your button. Or you shall be eaten. Come up. Come up. Press your button. Oh, he's pressing the button. See that? The press it harder. Here, go. I love you. You guys hear that? Oh. Press it again. Press it again. Hold up. Harder. Press your button. Come on, buddy. I love you. Oh. Look at that. Oh, it says, I love you. He does love me. Yeah, you see? Well-trained dog, you will not be eaten today. <sighs> All right? <laughs> I can't say the same for next time, dog. 
What? What kind of seasoning you think goes? Well, one way or another, Whoa. you know, um, the, 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 what's going on? Yes. Whoa. Um, <laughs> he's appropriating my culture again, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. That's, that's a good it's joke right too. there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, some, sometimes you gotta, eat. you gotta eat, you know, <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Although I've never, hmm? lemon pepper, lemon pepper dog. Hmm? Lemon Listen, pepper buddy, dog. we're not going to eat you. Right, right. Hot dogs. Yeah, there is a brand of dog that is a hot dog than one of those wiener dogs. But oh, wow. one way or another, <laughs> would those be considered the dicks of dogs? But one way or another, you know, no. uh, with with all of the, the business, right? You have to find ways that you go and make it uh, uh, marketable, you monetize, monetize. And that way you really have that fulfillment that exists there. Facts. Just to circle everything, you know, back. Facts. Uh, um, because people, like you said, they don't really take into account how you can monetize what it is that you do. Because even if you don't want to make a whole business or side hustle out of it, uh, out of what it is that you really enjoy, because some people feel as if it will sap the love and joy mm -hmm. from what it is that they really enjoy doing because now they feel like, well, I have to deliver and make content that'll go viral or whatever. But the thing is, sometimes it's not even the way you expect it. There's a great movie on Netflix. It's called, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. It's not this movie. There's a great movie. What movie is it? Oh, no, I'm thinking White Man Can't Jump. Mm. <laughs> oh. Okay, so White Man Can't Jump, the new one. Have you seen the new one? No, I have not. It's extremely pandery, so at some point it gets a little cringy. Yeah. But there is a, there is a lesson to be learned from that. Uh, essentially, Jack Harlow is the white man who can't jump. Right. And he wants, his, his entire story is he wants to be a professional NBA player. Yeah. He wants to go to the league. And by the end of the movie, spoiler alert, sorry guys. By the end of the movie, he comes to terms with, you know what? I'm just not built for the NBA. Like my knees are all, I'm too injury prone. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make it to the league, but he settles for becoming an NBA trainer. Right. So he trains NBA players because yeah. he has great fundamentals. Yeah. He understands the game. Mm -hmm. And when you look at that, it's like, that's amazing. Most people think that there's only one route to their dream life, right? They yeah. think I have to go to the NBA, NBA or bust, league or bust. Realistically, the odds of that happening, very yeah. slim to none. Yeah. Very, very few people go there. And at the end of the day, God doesn't deal you the right cards, right? right? But that doesn't mean you can't monetize your passion. Mm -hmm. You can be an NBA trainer. You can work with athletes. You can work uh, in the basketball space. You can go semi-pro, yep. right? Depending on what you want to do. There's a lot of people that, that think there's only one path, but in reality, you have to find the path that you can do that still allows you to mm -hmm. use your passion and monetize it even if, if it's not the way you want it, because life's not gonna be perfect. Right. Not everything's gonna be the way yeah. you want it. Mm -hmm. If it were up to me, I'd be a professional fighter, I'd be a professional NBA player, I'd be a professional rapper. I do all of these things for fun. I fight for free, I play basketball for free, mm -hmm. and I make rap music yep. because I think it's fun, but that doesn't mean it's what's meant for me. You 100%, know? I'm glad that you said that regarding the pivot because there's like two, two Instagram accounts that come to mind. One, uh, well, really content creators, Lethal Shooter, uh -huh. on Instagram, that dude who's just lights up, just yeah, does yeah. not miss, can't mm -hmm. miss two in a row, whatever the case is, constantly people talk about, man, why is he not mm -hmm. in the league? He had a bad injury, and then that was pretty much it, but I'm pretty sure his biggest goal was make it to the NBA. He pivoted, right. now he's a shooting trainer, and he's got probably make more money now than he would have if he made it to the NBA, because although you could be a sniper of a shooter or whatever, 
really look at the best players in the NBA outside right. of just Steph Curry, but Steph Curry's all world. He can do everything, right. right? If you're just a shooter, you can become a journeyman. Now your whole family, let's just say you start, you got a wife, you got now you're kids. going bouncing you're all over the country. You're bouncing all over the place. They're trading like Kyle you, yeah. Corver. Maximum amount of time you'll spend in certain Damn, locations. Damn, Corver this. I like right? Corver. You know? No, no, no. Not even, like, they hand like um, like um, a lot of those different right, guys right. where you'll be somewhere, but then you'll have to up and relocate, go somewhere else. Facts. Now you're in control of your entire destiny. Facts, right? facts, and facts. Then also um, destroying on YouTube, who does the football content. Yeah. He was a kicker at U, um, UCF, mm -hmm. I believe. And then once they said, well, you have to choose between content creation or, you know, keep kicking at a D1 college, he went content creation. And now, despite the fact that he would love to play in the NFL, he has more lover, leverage and he's able to go and create content. And he, I saw him just, he was doing videos with NFL players. Yeah, too. with NFL, damn near every single time. Yeah. So all you have to do is just find that pivot, find ways to make it work. Mm -hmm. And truly, the fulfillment behind it, you're still doing what it is that you love. You're still walking in your purpose. It's just a different avenue. Exactly. Right? You're still walking, you know? And truly, just to, and I think we could end up closing with, with this portion here, where the biggest thing, I think, for me, of everything that I've done is be able to affect the lives of the people that I love mm -hmm. the most. And that's what I really love the most about what it is that content creation, entrepreneurship has afforded me, right? Because earlier this year, probably my number one achievement in life, I was able to pay off my parents' mortgage. Right. So seventy five thousand dollar big check. Mm -hmm. Right. It's saying, I can't tell you how many years had to go into this. And it happened off of a whim because I told myself last April, I'm going to pay my parents mortgage. I, originally, I wasn't going to do it because they made bad financial decisions where I was in a situation where I didn't know what meal, you know, if there was right. going to be a meal or anything. But I remember since I was maybe about 13, I came up with a budget. For them, hey, do this. We can save yeah. this much per month. We could put this and put, because initially my goal, target goal was when we're 27, we should be able to pay off the mortgage. Of course, things happen, Love but it, it wasn't going to be any of my contribution. It was mm -hmm. just, I figured out how I could use my money, my, my parents, you know, money coming in, how they would be able to put money towards this, pay off the principal. I started learning about the interest and everything, but ultimately they never followed through with any of it. Mm -hmm. So I told myself, all right, I'm going to pay off my parents' mortgage. And I made a demission. So for eight months, 100% balls to the wall, grinded like no other. Finally, when the start of the year came, I said, I'm in a position where I could do it. Got this big presentation check, brought it over there, um, told them, like I had the, uh, the printout of the, uh, the paper from um, whoever the mortgage lender was. Mm -hmm. Hey, we got it paid off and everything easily. Probably the number one most fulfilling moment from everything that I did. Because ultimately my goal in creating content, being on YouTube, being on Instagram. It was never for me. Yeah. It was for the people that was around me. So I was able to do a number of different things for what paid off my mortgage this entire year. My brother, he doesn't, he doesn't work. He's, he's for me, he works for me. I'm kind of have him on a payroll for the entirety of the year, just so he can get his, um, his health in order. Cause he's morbidly obese. He was 411 pounds at the start of the year, now? 350. And he actually weighed himself. Yeah, six, 61. And I think he may have dropped a bit more because um, he sent me his last weigh-in this morning, so I didn't get a chance to see What's it. What's the yet. goal for him? How, uh, how much? You well, the, the I want him to drop at least a hundred, at least a hundred, right? To, because he wants to get like to 200, 225 pounds. Yeah. So there's much more work to be done. But by the end of this year, I told him if we don't lose a hundred pounds, at least we failed. So he's got to get down to at least three ten at least 310 and we're well on our way and i told him like hey we're in our final stretch 
of the year. So you've got to get 100% into it. And now I started doing something on my Instagram where I do like a daily check-in because I go to the gym maybe five to six times per week. So I just tag him in my story and he has to repost a video of him exercising. Um, So keep people um, accountable, Mm -hmm. right? So I was able to pretty much sponsor him for the entire year and match whatever salary that he had at his job, leave your job for a whole year you're with me, you just train and then take care of your business. He's gonna go, um, he has one class left for school, so he's just gonna get his degree, so if he has to work a job as he's building you know, music, he can ad- actually demand a particular kind of salary. That's a dream, he has a piece that's a dream. Of, right, so as is that, I was able to get my cousin started with um, YouTube, because he wanted to start a YouTube channel, so I handed him a check for like 10,000 um, last year, and yesterday he got to 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. And that was dope. And then ultimately, um, I think the last thing I was able to do was I was able to buy a, uh, buy a car. I was able to buy a car. So I've been able to be in a situation where I can do these things based on doing something that I love. Right. So that, that was easily the, the most fulfilling, you know, portion of being in entrepreneurship, being able to, you know, wake up any time that I wanted and chase after a dream. You hear it all the time, man. It's impact over income. Right impact over income the money is great but the feeling you get from helping the people around you second to none bro yeah and i know you you just celebrated a birthday you went out to when you was out in california and you stayed at this luxurious yeah man place by the water there was a huge place by the water and i think it's it's crazy right because my mom she hasn't seen any of this stuff she's an immigrant she comes from a third world country Mm -hmm. growing up she made like 30 grand a year so we didn't have a chance to like go on yachts to be in nice places so for her to just be able like to and be in the seven million dollar house by the beach, mm-hmm. it, it's like the feeling you get from that, it's incomparable. Yeah. So I think that's a great point to end it on, man. That this was I like this episode a lot. Yeah, man. It's, it's all about banger. fulfillment, man. Because people banger. They, they 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 they'll look at the end result. You'll look at LeBron James when he's 38. You won't see the LeBron James when he was 13, 14. You'll look at, you know, the uh, the Mike Tysons, you know, when he was at his prime knocking people out. But you won't look at the age 12 to 17 as he was building towards, you know, becoming that absolute animal. They'll look at the Ali's. You'll look at the finished product, but you won't look back at the inception and then the growth to become that absolute monster or that that beast that now can continually win. There's a lot of losing and winning. There's a ton of losing and winning, but you have to be able to endure the adversities, right? And that once you make it through there, the fulfillment that you get at the end go, oh my God, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Love it. Yeah, man. Love it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Assiduous Podcast featuring yours truly, the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, individual, sticky, individual, the chiseled Adonis. You almost had it. I am the serial entrepreneur, Filipino prince, tycoon. Tycoon. Buttery, Rene Lacad. And we are, this is Assiduous. Assiduous.